0: This episode was recorded at 12.42 p.m. Eastern Time Tuesday. Things may have changed by the time you hear it. Keep up with all our coverage at NPR.org, on the NPR One app, and on your local public radio station. Okay, here's the show. It's the NPR Politics Podcast, here to talk about the resignation of Michael Flynn, who stepped down last night from his job as national security advisor to President Trump. Flynn discussed U.S. sanctions with a Russian official, then misled the vice president about those conversations. That's what led to his resignation. But the questions go much deeper. I'm Tamara Keith. I cover the White House. I'm Carrie Johnson, NPR's justice correspondent.
1: And I'm Domenico Montanaro, political editor.
0: All right, guys. Insert Valentine's Day breakup joke here. Oh, man.
1: (laughs) Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Can you feel the love?
0: There wasn't a lot of love for uh, Mike Flynn last night. Um, So, Domenico, do you want to read a bit of General Michael Flynn's resignation letter uh, that came out last night?
1: Sure. And this came out a little after 11 o'clock last night. Flynn wrote that he'd had numerous phone calls with foreign leaders during the transition, called them, quote, standard practice in any transition, but then said this. Unfortunately, because of the fast pace of events, I inadvertently briefed the vice president-elect and others with incomplete information regarding my phone calls with the Russian ambassador. I have sincerely apologized to the president and the vice president, and they have accepted my apology. That's pretty fascinating stuff. I mean, to say that because of fast-paced events, I inadvertently briefed the vice president. So it's sort of saying, sorry, but... I'm sorry if you feel misled.
0: Right. And and you and I talked to multiple different people in the Trump transition and Trump administration. It wasn't just one conversation with the vice president. He had multiple conversations with the vice president, with Reince Priebus, the chief of staff, Sean Spicer, the press secretary, other aides. I, I mean, like he had to misstate a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah. And look, there's no question that a month ago when I talked to Sean Spicer and he said that there was that it was doubtful that Flynn spoke to uh, the Russian ambassador about the sanctions, even though it happened on the same day, because Flynn told him so, and he said, who knows if they actually spoke about it. Boy, that left the door wide open for the potential that he actually did speak about those sanctions. And now we know that that actually did take place, that he did speak about those sanctions. I know Carrie has more reporting on that.
2: Well, you know, it reminds me of the immortal Washington phrase, mistakes were made. Yeah. What mistakes? <laughs> By whom? The words of his resignation letter obscure what really happened, and intentionally so, right? I mean, there's been a cloud for a long time, and and uh, finally some action happened last yeah. night.
0: So there are a few issues here, but I want to just back up, set the stage here, do a little timeline. So uh, General Flynn uh, talked with the Russian ambassador, Sergei Kislyak, and— based on a lot of reporting out there and and leaks from the intelligence community Discussed U.S. sanctions on Russia.
2: Yeah, these conversations happened before President Trump's inauguration. So, Michael Flynn, retired General Michael Flynn, is not uh, the national security advisor to the president. Michael Flynn is freelancing in this in between zone between administrations. That potentially violates this old law called the Logan Act from 1799, which makes it a crime for a U.S. citizen to. undertake uh, his or her own negotiations with a foreign power that's in a dispute with the U.S. government. Problem is, that law is rarely, if ever, prosecuted, that old law. That said, uh, you're just not supposed to be freelancing in this
1: manner before your guy takes the White House. So the thing is, right, act's never been prosecuted. Is there any chance that the Sessions Justice Department would even look into it? Well,
2: you know, based on the rather ironic precedent of recent months in which the FBI director said he wasn't going to recommend a prosecution of Hillary Clinton uh, because that statute under which she was being investigated is so rarely used. I can't imagine
0: um, Mm. making uh, that kind of call in the Flynn case. But it wasn't the Logan Act. It wasn't even, it seems necessarily that Flynn said something to the Russian ambassador that was verging on doing foreign policy as a private citizen what ultimately became the big issue the thing that blew up in the last week is that michael flynn misled vice president mike pence and right after Domenico, you had that conversation with sean spicer where he was like well that's what flynn says well at that same time the vice president was having conversations with michael flynn and then he went on cbs's face the nation and said this
2: General Flynn has been in touch with uh, diplomatic leaders and security leaders in some 30 countries. That's exactly but what the incoming national security absolutely. advisor should yeah. do. But what I can confirm, having spoken to him yeah. about it, is that those conversations that happened to occur around the time uh, that the United States uh, took, took action to expel diplomats um, had nothing whatsoever to do with those sanctions. But, But... That still leaves open the possibility that there might have been other conversations about the sanctions. I I, I don't believe there were more conversations, but I can confirm that those, those, those elements were not part of that discussion.
0: Well, that was not true. So Flynn is out. Where does
2: that leave us now? Let me point out, Tam, that um, it it took several days, if not weeks, of reporting in order to get to this moment last night where Flynn was out. Um, First, there was one call. Then there were possibly multiple communications. Then there were stories about what was being discussed between Flynn and the ambassador. Then there were more stories about that information being false and, and amending. And then finally, last night, the Washington Post put up a story suggesting that the acting attorney general General Sally Yates, a holdover from the Obama administration, had actually notified Donald Trump's White House counsel, Don McGahn, that she was concerned that Flynn was potentially misrepresenting the nature and substance of the conversations he had with the ambassador and that Vice President Mike Pence was then going out and making public statements based on that misinformation. We know that Yates informed Don McGahn of this before she was fired for some other reasons failing to enforce that and defend that executive order on uh, the travel ban but so this was more than a week ago that she Because she's been is, fired for more than she's a She's been fired for two weeks, and we know that this happened sometime between the inauguration and her firing. So this happened weeks ago, and we do not know where inside the White House that information went. And Carrie, you
0: have confirmed, your own reporting has confirmed the Washington Post story. Yeah,
2: and, and uh, my sources are suggesting they do believe Mike Pence was honestly surprised by this new information coming out of Flynn. So it's not clear uh, where the information went or whether it in fact did leave the White House counsel and get to the vice president, whether the president was notified, who in the White House knew about this.
1: And what I find fascinating here is that Mike Flynn is a lifelong intelligence officer. How does he not think that the intelligence community is listening in on his phone call with the Russian ambassador. I mean, this is somebody who they regularly tap his phone to hear what's going on and what those conversations are. And we know that there is apparently a transcript that the White House has reviewed, the New York Times reported last night, and that it's Kind of ambiguous enough, it said, that Trump may have been justified in either firing or keeping uh, Flynn either way, but that they did talk about those sanctions. I mean, Flynn had to know that that was taking place and that somebody knew what the contents of that conversation were.
0: And the Justice Department was concerned that Flynn could be compromised, that because...
1: They could be blackmailed.
0: You know, uh, that has
2: been the reporting. My hunch and my many years of experience suggests to me that perhaps that's a little too hot in the oven. (laughs) 35 degrees too hot in the oven. That said, when you're going out and misstating what you did and the vice president is then repeating it on national television, you got a problem.
0: But then Flynn continues on for some time after the White House counsel knew about it. Last Friday, this was a huge story that Flynn had likely misled the vice president. The vice president was upset. You know, his team was saying the vice president got this from Flynn. And yet Flynn was still doing his job,
2: yeah. Flynn was not only in the front row of uh, President Trump's press conference with Shinzo Abe. Flynn then accompanied them both to Mar-a-Lago for the weekend, where we know a lot of sensitive intelligence came out about North Korea. And finally, Tim, it's worth noting that the National Security Advisor at the White House is supposed to be an honest broker. He or she is supposed to be gathering views from the intelligence community, the State Department, the FBI, all sorts of places, and bringing them on a big platter to the president so the president can figure out What the best choice is in a national security space when there are concerns about the honesty, the integrity and the credibility of the national security advisor that strikes at the heart of the national security priority of the White House. And he stayed on the job for a long time after these questions got raised.
0: And Carrie, as you said, the president traveled to Mar-a-Lago over the weekend with Flynn uh, and others. And he was asked on the plane by reporters, what do you think of this story of Flynn misleading the vice president? What do you make of reports um, that General Flynn had conversations with the Russians about sanctions before you were sworn in? I don't know about it. I haven't seen it. What
1: report is that? Uh,
0: the
1: okay. Washington a is
0: reporting that he talked to the ambassador to Russia before you were inaugurated about sanctions. maybe try to I
1: haven't seen that. I'll look at that. Okay. So you hear there the president say he wasn't aware. But Sean Spicer today in his briefing this afternoon, it's actually happening as we tape this, say that he wasn't aware of the Washington Post article. But that's really finely splitting hairs. You know, he said that the president was actually alerted by the Department of Justice back on January 26th uh, about Flynn's conversations with the Russian ambassador and the content of what was actually in those conversations. But the real problem, Spicer said, was an erosion of trust between the president. and Flynn.
0: Of course, it was the biggest story going on Friday all day and throughout the weekend. And of course, after the resignation of Flynn was just the top of the top of the news today as well. Let's listen to Kellyanne Conway. She's the counselor to President Trump. She was on NBC this morning and she could not answer the question of why, if the White House knew about Flynn's conversations, he was kept on until the news leaked out. The fact is that General Flynn continued in that position and was in the presidential daily briefings, was part of the leader calls as recently as yesterday, was there for the prime minister's visit from Canada yesterday. And uh, as time wore on, obviously the situation had become unsustainable. Kelly, and Gen- that, that, General Flynn.
1: That makes no sense. Last month, the Justice sure. Department warned the White House that General Flynn had misled them and that as a result he was vulnerable to blackmail and and, and at that moment he still had the complete trust of the president? Matt, I'm telling you what the president has said which is that uh, he's accepted General
0: Flynn's resignation and he wishes him well and that we're moving on, there are at least three candidates very strong yes so moving on on, they might want to be but uh, the story is not moving on this is not going away
1: no and i have to say i think it speaks to like the bigger issue of the mixed messages we continue to get out of this white house you know we had kellyanne conway yesterday go on msnbc and say that mike flynn had the full confidence of president trump and then you have this morning with Kellyanne Conway coming out and saying uh, that General Flynn made the decision, the resignation on his own. And then you have House Speaker Paul Ryan saying something completely different in saying that Donald Trump asked for the resignation of General Flynn uh, because he had lost the president's trust. All of this speaks to the kind of warring factions within the White House and the kind of chaotic messaging that we're hearing.
0: So, Carrie, the fact that these stories are coming out are a sign of something.
2: They're a sign of the fact that the normal levers of power in order to get rid of people have not been working, at least not working swiftly enough, in a healthy system. Uh, Members of Congress would have been investigating this matter heartily. Since the presidential campaign, where, after all, in a debate, uh, the candidates traded questions and accusations about one or the other being a puppet of Russia. You're the The, puppet. The the specter of Russian influence is not new. So it takes four leaked stories in a major daily newspaper instead of one in order to accomplish
1: something. When have you ever seen... A story that cites nine intelligence officials being uh, confirming a story, and that was in the Washington Post. You know, it's been leak after leak, and as Carrie points out, it winds up taking an overwhelming amount of information that this president can't argue with, can't say, "Oh, that's fake news."
0: All right, we are going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to talk more about leaks and Donald Trump's reaction to them.
1: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Sunbasket. Sunbasket makes it easy to cook nutritionist approved meals in your own kitchen with organic, non GMO ingredients sourced from farms and fishermen and sent directly to your door. Choose from paleo, gluten free, vegetarian, and even breakfast options. With pre measured ingredients and easy to follow directions, you can prepare each meal in just 30 minutes. NPR listeners get their first three meals free at sunbasket.com slash politics.
0: I'm Linda Holmes from NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast. It's Oscar season and we're here to help you sort through the nominees, separate the best from the rest, and maybe even dominate your Oscar pool. Don't show up on the red carpet unprepared. Find Pop Culture Happy Hour on the NPR One app or at npr.org slash podcasts. We are back. And Donald Trump tweeted this morning. And so I'm going to uh, read the tweet reporting live from TweetDeck. The real story here is why are there so many illegal leaks coming out of Washington? Will these leaks be happening as ideal on in Korea, etc.? So that is uh, coming from President Trump. President Trump believes the issue is apparently not people in his White House communicating with Russia inappropriately or uh, people in his White House misleading other people in his White House. He thinks the concern is that it's getting out. What's the law here? So uh, you
2: are not supposed to be leaking classified information. You are not supposed to be leaking information that uh, is going forward as part of a federal grand jury process. And there are boundaries here. In fact, President Barack Obama really pushed the boundaries. He prosecuted something like nine or 10 different people over the course of his administration for mishandling classified information, uh, for lying about mishandling classified information. Some very big names got caught in that net. And the concern now among a lot of um whistleblower groups and civil liberties groups is that uh, this tweet from Donald Trump about illegal leaks foreshadows some kind of campaign by his justice department to crack down,
1: but they are protected somewhat, right? I mean, the whistleblower Act, what is the difference between that? And is it just the classified information that is the is the line that someone can't leak? Anything beyond that?
2: The key is uh, in certain situations, uh, you're supposed to report up to your superior Uh, if you're in the government or report to a member of Congress who's cleared to receive that information. If you go outside the system and you start yakking to a reporter, Mm. you increasingly are endangered.
1: You know, and I would say. I would argue that the real story, as Donald Trump talks about, is not the leaks. I would argue that the real story is Trump's relationship with Russia and whether or not the United States will continue to uh, support the sanctions that were put in place under President Obama, because that's really at the heart of what General Flynn was apparently talking with the Russian ambassador about
0: let's talk about the possible replacements for General Flynn. Uh, Three people are in the running for National Security Advisor. One is David Petraeus. That's a familiar name, the former military officer and CIA director. But He has a cloud over him a bit. Carrie? Well, a cloud like an
2: FBI investigation and a criminal uh, prosecution. Remember, David Petraeus was having an affair with his biographer, Paula Broadwell. He shared classified information with her in um, some notebooks, uh, very, very sensitive secrets, and then apparently lied to the FBI about it. He ultimately pleaded guilty to um, mishandling classified information. And Tam, you know what? If he gets this job, he's on federal probation until the end of... Of April of 2017, which is oh. kind of mind-boggling, so I must say. How would that
1: work if you're on probation? Could you take
0: the job if you're on probation? Like, how do you get security clearance? Or do you do you like say, "Hey, parole officer, I've got to travel today." You do have to re- <laughs> you do have to
2: notify your parole officer of movements outside a certain jurisdiction. Uh, now, the president himself could override concerns about security clearance, and uh, a lot of people think could get Petraeus the clearance. The issue is, boy
0: that's a high price to pay. But for all of that baggage, there are a lot of people who have a lot of respect for General Petraeus and and feel like he would be a grown up, if you will, in that role. Uh, Other names that are circulating are Vice Admiral Robert Harward, who, according to the reporting of our colleague Tom Bowman, has the recommendation of Defense Secretary James Mattis. Also, Lieutenant General Keith Kellogg who is serving in an acting capacity as national security advisor now. And of course, regardless of who gets that job, the questions around Michael Flynn are not going away.
2: Yeah, the big question for me is whether he actually is going to appear before Congress and tell members of Congress what he knows and how much cooperation this administration is going to give to Congress.
1: Let me jump in and say that a few minutes ago, Republican leaders said that they're actually going to be looking into Flynn and that he might be called to testify before the Senate Intelligence Committee. That committee, you might remember, already opened up an investigation into Russian interference in the election.
0: And Democrats are raising lots of questions, lots of concerns, and and want more digging done. Yeah, Adam
2: Schiff, a Democrat from California, the top Democrat on the House Intelligence Committee, says he wants transcripts of any possible phone calls between Flynn and the Russian ambassador. He wants testimony from Flynn. He wants to know whether Flynn was acting at the behest of the president or somebody else in the White House.
0: OK, that is a wrap for today. We'll be back later in the week with our regular weekly roundup, likely on Thursday evening this week. And if there's more big news, check the feed. We will try to get an episode out if we can. In the meantime, be sure to keep up with all our coverage on your local public radio station. I'm Tamara Keith. I cover the White House. I'm Carrie Johnson, NPR's Justice Correspondent.
1: I'm Domenico Montanaro, Political Editor.
0: And thanks for listening to the NPR Politics Podcast.